Hey everybody, Dave Hagan here. Last week I went to the Berkshire Hathaway shareholders meeting in Omaha, Nebraska. What is that? Well, that's today on the Financial Wellness Podcast. Welcome to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to the financial success. Here is your host, financial problem solver and talk show host, Dave Hagan. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Financial Wellness Podcast, or as we like to call it, TFWP, coming to you from beautiful downtown Van Nuys, with me, Mr. Brian Reed. Brian, welcome. Good, good morning, Mr. Hagen. How are you? Good, good. I'm good. Feeling, I uh, had a big cup of coffee today. I'm ready to go. I'm, I'm feeling chipper. Is someone feeling saucy? I'm feeling real saucy, and I got <laughs> something I really want to talk about. So cool. So uh, here we go. Uh, like I was saying in the introduction, uh, last week my wife and I went to the Berkshire Hathaway shareholders meeting last week in Omaha, Nebraska, and it was a real, real eye-opener. So a lot of the listeners are thinking, what's a Berkshire Hathaway? Well, it was a company that was formed about 50 years ago, and it owns other companies like Geico and Duracell and Coca-Cola Bottling and Nebraska Furniture Mart and NetJets and stock in a whole bunch of other companies. Well, that's nice, but nothing amazing yet. Hang on. In the annual letter to shareholders... The chairman of the company indicated that the annual compounded rate of return for shareholders over the last bunch of years was 18%. Oh, now you're getting my attention. The company holds over $120 billion, that's with a B, dollars, basically in T-bills. So they're basically cash $120 billion, okay? Their Class A shares sell for $309,000 per share. Per share. Apple's rolling out at what, 300 a share? I should probably pick up only three. Yeah, yeah, only three. And, uh, you know, just, just so you have certificates <laughs> to hang on the wall, right? They also have B shares, and the, and the Class B shares sell for $204. Those are like the shares for, for all of us, right? And those maybe we should pick up. I don't know. They're non-voting shares. But yet, with all this astounding wealth, if you look at their website, BerkshireHathaway.com, it's a super simple, basic, unassuming website, which is kind of cool. Now, bear in mind, I'm not making any stock recommendations today. We wouldn't do that on the air. That's simply not a smart thing to do. We're simply providing some background information about this company and some background information about my trip there last week. I think it'll make the, um, the podcast more interesting and provide some you know, color and depth and background um, you know, to my uh, experience. So... Berkshire Hathaway is run by a fella named Warren Buffett, not Jimmy, Warren <laughs> Buffett. Who's Warren Buffett, you ask? Well, he's called the o Oracle of Omaha. That's what they uh, call him. I saw him on, what, The Tonight Show or something one night. That's what they called him. He's considered one of the most successful investors of all time. 
and he's a big proponent of value investing. Now, he's the third richest man in the world, so now you really got my attention. Who is he behind? Jeff Bezos and family. You can't say Jeff Bezos anymore because he had to give a whole bunch to his <laughs> ex-wife. So now it's Jeff Bezos and family of Amazon, of course, and Bill Gates, who was formerly of Microsoft. Buffett bought his first stock at age 11, and now he's worth, according to Forbes, $85 billion. $85 billion, everybody. And he's pledged to give 99% of his wealth away when he passes. He started the giving pledge with Bill Gates in 2010. And by doing this, they encourage wealthy people to pledge to give away one half of their wealth when they pass. Already, he's given away $35 billion, according to Forbes. And yet he's lived in the same house since 1958, which he bought for something less than $50,000. That's so awesome. <laughs> Don't you love that? That's Don't a guy who's literally that? just making money because he can. And he can. He can. He gets up in the morning do, do, and he do, goes, do. yeah, let's see what we can do. Um, How did I do yesterday? He lives in... He, he lives in Omaha, Nebraska, which is not a bustling metropolis, but I got to tell you, in the spring, Omaha is sweet. It's green, it's temperate, and they got these really wide roads with not a lot of cars, which us L.A. people really dig, right? <laughs> um, he was rejected. He was rejected by Harvard Business School. The, the millennials who listen to this podcast will love it. Rejected by Harvard, so he went to Columbia instead, and the guy's worth... 83 $85. billion dollars. Did I say 85? 85 80, billion. You just took $2 billion well, what, away from him, what's Dave. A, what's a couple bill? You know, what's a couple bill here? That's <laughs> Well, what if I you just say. stole $2 billion from him, yeah. can I have some? <laughs> yeah, really. Crazy stuff. Now, I got to tell you, this is something that's so cool. There's a picture of Warren and myself on the website, Financial Wellness podcast.com. Go check out the picture. Me and Warren, he had a Coke. Um, I uh, didn't have a Coke. And, um, you know, there the this was in a, in a restaurant. And there was even, a, you know, a server that photobombed over my shoulder. I couldn't believe it. Picture of me and Warren. I found him to be a little quiet. I found him to be a little stiff, kind of, uh, you know, uh, just taking pictures with him. But uh, I really enjoyed the opportunity. Go check it out, the thefinancialwellnesspodcast.com. A picture of me and Warren B. You'll love it. <laughs> love it. So now you're all thinking, you understand a little bit about what this company is. Why go? I mean, why, why buy airline tickets to Omaha, Nebraska, right? Well, what they were doing was having their annual shareholders meeting, and it's an opportunity for shareholders to be informed about the progress of the company for the last year and to elect new officers and directors like they're not going to reelect Warren Buffett as a director <laughs> as, or as the chairman, right? But I thought it would be something really interesting to go see and study. And, and uh, you know, you get an opportunity to see Warren Buffett live and, and his partner, uh, Charlie Munger. And um, just kind of an interesting study of people. They have a convention center um, next door. And they've got booths with uh, all the companies that they own and, it, and that they have an interest in. It's kind of like a, a festival of con consumerism. It's crazy. But the convention center is a basketball stadium. And they, they, 
they fill that stadium up. So the annual meeting kind of went something like this. 16,000 people stuffed into a basketball stadium. About like think uh, almost the size of Staples or Oracle or like that. 16,000 people. We got there 30 minutes early. There were no seats to be had. We had to sit behind the stadium in and, and watch a monitor. And there was a whole other area offsite that was set up for students. And so there were no, were there tickets to this? No, thing or it was no. Just what, an open. So what you do is uh, show your stock certificates to get past security. Well, you, <laughs> you bought, first of all, you got to buy a couple stock certif- certificates, right? So mm-hmm. we, we bought a couple B's, mm-hmm. not A's. We're not that big a dog. And we bought a couple A's and you, you mail in and they mail out like a, like a credential mm-hmm. on a lanyard and it's got the logo and it's got a big S on it for, you know, shareholder and M for media and whatever, whatever. But you, you just walk in for free. I mean, we're talking free, free entertainment, you know, it's pretty cool. <laughs> it was pretty cool. So you walk into this, you know, there's a line to get in, you go through security. I mean, like you're getting on an airplane practically, there are guards at the at the entrance and these guys have automatic rifles i mean this is like serious private security stuff well inside is the you know Uh, some of the wealthiest people third and fourth richest people in the world you know it's it's crazy and i'm sure they want to make sure that it's secure so you do your whole thing there's people from all over the world really surprising asia australia europe south america all over the world india just everybody and the interesting thing was it was young and old and many families, like a lot of parents brought their, their young kids. So they were kind of making this pil- pilgrimage to the, uh, the Mecca of consumerism, you know. <laughs> but I think the parents wanted their kids to understand that, you know, there was, there was a time and appropriate place for, for investing, you know. Um, Tim Cook of Apple was there. I didn't get to see him, but uh, he was there. I saw him being interviewed after the fact. Uh, Bill Gates was there, and he's on the board. Apparently, he and Warren Buffett are good buddies. They play bridge together all the time. They started this initiative for charitable giving. Um, So two out of the three richest people, I guess, were there. And maybe that's the reason there were, you know, there was an armed presence at the, uh, um, you know, at the at the uh, at the entryway. And you would think that there would be like a lot of people like, you know, stockholder people or, or stockbroker kind of people, um, people in suits, all dressed up, looking nice. No, it was very casual, very, very understated. So I think that's point number one from my trip to um, the Berkshire Hathaway meeting. People didn't look particularly rich, which surprised me. Very interesting. Now, I think there was a lot of people from the Midwest there, it seemed. But I think the point is wealth need not necessarily be flaunted. You could walk by Warren Buffett in the hallway and wouldn't necessarily know it. He's wearing kind of a, you know, a suit. It doesn't look like it's particularly tailored. It looks like it's off the rack. Frankly, he always looks like he needs a little bit of a haircut. But this is, <laughs> this is a really, really wealthy And the guy's guy. been in the same house since 58. Yeah, forever, forever. Pretty cool. I hear that when his car wears out... He tells his daughter, get, please get me a new used car and buy one from an insurance company where they took the car back because it had hail damage to the, to the roof or the, or the hood. 
He doesn't mind a little rippled effect on the on the hood of his car. Apparently, a car is not a big important thing to him. And so he buys cars that have been turned in that have been damaged. <laughs> this is this is his style. Now that guy, he could afford to show up in a what a limo or a you know a, a Beamer or you know more importantly Tesla. A Tesla it could be a Tesla. It's an American product. He would like that, but he shows up like in an old Buick or or what have you. Now we did go to the uh, the back of the convention center during a break. There was like a little overlook, and there were some pretty impressive like black SUVs that were taking some of the you know the board of directors and people in and out I think but Warren Warren um, is a very under understated guy so that's point number one wealth need not be flaunted at least according to Warren Buffett so they start this with a video of 10 to 15 minutes in length and it features their company so there's like Geico ads and there's excerpts of uh, Warren Buffett testifying in front of Congress. It's kind of, it's kind of like a, a pickup piece. There's a couple funny pieces. Um, they had a piece where Warren Buffett had, had gone to the uh, the Apple building. One of their biggest holdings right now is Apple. And he had gone to the, the Apple building and he designed a an app. And the app is Warren Buffett throwing a newspaper at the door like when he was a paper boy. So that's the app. And you can play, you know, download and play this app. Pretty funny. Tim Cook was in it. Um, so this is this is kind of the warm-up thing. So then the 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 main part of the presentation starts, and Warren Buffett, who's like 88, and the vice chairman, his buddy, his partner for all these years, Charlie Munger, who's 95, they take the stage. They just sit down at this stage at a table, and there's the press off to the sides, and there's there's booths or areas around the building where people can walk up and ask questions. And these two guys answer questions about the operation of the company, about life in general, about their philosophy and style. And these guys do it for two, three hour sessions. Now for guys this age, their stamina was amazing to me, just amazing to me. And they offered simple, plain, basic advice. You'd think that someone would try and slip a fastball by, you know, Charlie Munger. He's sitting there 85 with these glasses with these really thick lenses. And they'd try and slip something by him. And he did not miss a beat. He is amazing. And they were basically promoting value investing. And and that is... They look for businesses that seem to have a good business plan and operate well, and then they purchase an interest in the company or they, they purchase the, the whole company, and they just let it operate and, and make money. So they're looking for, for value, of course, because of who they are. They, they like to buy these companies at a, a good price or an undervalued price or, dare I say, a, a discount. So, um, that I mean, that's their whole business plan. That's what, that's what they, they do. So after about five minutes, you know, Charlie, who's 95, he starts to eat some C's candy that's been put on the table there. Now, Berkshire owns C's candy. And um, so they put a, a box of candy and they, they put a box of peanut brittle and they set it out for him. And they're both drinking Cokes because they, they own some interest in some Coca-Cola distributing. And I think all the people from California, we freaked. We're watching all this sugar go into this <laughs> 95-year-old man, right? We're going, no, no. And yet the two of them just sitting there having a good old time, chewing this, this peanut brittle into the mic. When they open the Coke, you hear, 
into the mic and everybody's going oh my goodness but you know in 95 i guess the guy can do whatever he wants and after watching this guy eat this peanut brittle um we said oh we got to go get some that looks really good right it was crazy very very interesting all right so that's point number two these two guys have been running this thing forever their their phenomena is phenomenal uh just a stunning amount of 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 uh, stamina going on here and they're extremely well spoken i think somebody to you know to listen to i think there's a lot to be learned from these two guys and i think that's one of the reasons i think a lot of people were there uh takeaway point number three buffett said that he would rather have money in index funds than t-bills now of course an index fund is going to return better an index fund is um, a, basically a computer program that's attached to like the S&P index or sometimes you can get them for, you know, uh, foreign company indexes or tech company indexes. But he'd rather have that than T-bills. Now, you know, T-bills guaranteed by the government. And as long as the government doesn't mess things up too much, uh, you know, that's that's a pretty safe and sound investment. Most people consider it to be almost tantamount to cash, but they don't return very much. And Buffett said he'd, he'd, he'd almost rather have money in, in index funds. And that's a, that's a pretty good pat on the back, I think, for, for index funds. Um, over the long term, people in index funds have done pretty well, especially the last seven or eight years. But remember, uh, Buffett watches the market every day. And it's easy to say after eight to nine years of economic boom that um, you know, an index fund is a pretty good bet. I mean, they can go down, you know, the S&P goes down. But he said, yeah, I'd rather have money in uh, in an index fund than just cash. Now, he, you know, he, point number four is he, he's sitting on, or the Berkshire's sitting on, $120 billion in cash, basically, in T-bills. So that's kind of an interesting uh, thing, too. Uh Interesting article that came out just in the last couple of days. It was on insider.com. It was a, a piece of an interview from Warren Buffett where he said that, you know, he may not beat Wall Street much anymore, due in large part to the fact that uh, his fund is so large, he's got so much money that when he makes a move, people follow it. He can't surprise people too much anymore. Um, but again, it's kind of obvious that he wouldn't be beating Wall Street the last whole bunch of years, especially up against an index fund, because Wall Street's had this phenomenal eight or nine or ten years. So uh, when you look at the at the big picture, that's not really so much of a, a surprise. And I think it's also a testament to, you know, his 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 honesty and frankness, you know. Um, and I think what really counts is what a fund manager does when there's a downturn. It's, it's all easy for everyone to jump on the wagon when things are good. What's really interesting is what they do in a, in a downturn. So um, $120 billion in cash really makes me believe that he's getting a little more conservative as he's getting a little older, and that's probably a good idea. And uh, he also stated that he realized that many of the people present had all their net value, all their value in Berkshire stock. Now think about that. You have all of your your holdings in Berkshire stock. Um, that's that's been a pretty good bet. But you know we talk about <clears throat> hey you should diversify a little bit, and um, I think that's why there were a lot of families that were there. You know traveling to the the financial mecca, um, they wanted to go make their their usual their yearly visit. But really interesting. A lot of people 
um, he acknowledged had the majority or all of their value in, in Berkshire Hathaway stock. Interesting, interesting. Um, takeaway point number five, maybe this is obvious. Uh, there's a good deal of hero worship going on here. Uh, these guys have made a lot of people in the room very wealthy, and they'll travel a long way to thank him. And a lot of the people who asked questions started it with a thank you. You've made a big difference to me and my family and and future generations, da-da-da-da-da, and thank you. And then they ask him some kind of question. Um, so I, I think there was a good deal of hero worship. And, I mean, I wasn't... I wasn't a Warren Buffett fanboy, but I got to tell you, I was I was drawn in going, these guys are pretty cool. I like this Frank Plain advice. You Were know? you drinking the Kool-Aid? Uh, you know, by the end of the day, I was <laughs> drinking the Kool-Aid going, God, I didn't know all this stuff. This is Warren. You're going <clears> to <throat> dream about him. <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> I want to be like him. <laughs> I want to go there. <laughs> Point number six, and this is a quote from Warren Buffett. He says, associate with others that are better than you because they will lift you up. He says that's one of the secrets to his success. They actually had this printed in framed stuff on the walls over in the convention center and um, really kind of interesting. But you know what? We did a podcast on this a few months ago and I didn't even know he'd said that. Or at least I didn't remember that I knew that he said that. Uh, remember we did that podcast, Brian. You yeah, are who did. you hang out with. I do remember right? that. And we said hang out with people that are maybe a little smarter, a little better. We are so friggin' smart, Dave. Hey, we're on the road to Warrenville. <laughs> I would say Margaritaville, but that's Jimmy. That's not Warren. That's the wrong Buffett. Wrong Buffett. Wrong, wrong Buffett, Wrong buddy. Buffett. Point number seven, another quote that was really interesting. Uh, I picked up uh, at this meeting. It's easy to make mistakes investing in the short term but very difficult to make mistakes if you invest in the long term. Hmm. I think that's true. People are always looking for the hot tip rather than, you know, and looking for the short term return there. Uh, it, but it's better to invest in the long term and, and your, your rate of return will be better and you have less risk over, over the long term. I'm going to have to not disagree, yeah. but question a little with you. So yeah. follow me on this one. It's easy to make mistakes investing in the short term, but very difficult to make mistakes if you invest in the long term. Well, it's a long term investment, which means the end point of whether it was a good investment mm -hmm. or a bad investment mm -hmm. is far away. So there really is, you know, you're, you can only be wrong once in a long term investment. So true. So rather true. than with some of these short terms. But I mean, I see where he's going. But you know, everyone's looking for the the, the, the tip. People say, "Hey, what's yeah. you know what's your what's your what's your stock tip?" The most extreme example of that, I think, is um, it, it occurred to me just driving over this morning. I'm listening to some like station, and these guys are selling um, advice for betting on football. And so they're going, "Hey, we got all this information. We have this program. Da 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 da. What a great way! What a great investment this is!" And I'm going, "No, this isn't an investment. This is gambling." They go, "You can double your money in a month," and I'm going, "Well, they're just selling, you know, short-term, um, uh, short-term in investment, or they're pitching it as investment, where it's really gambling." Well, you know? here's what we don't we don't know what's going to happen with that. I mean, not to go off on a too big of a tangent, but now that football betting is legal, legal. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen with Who the statistics and all the uh, the models that are out there yeah. trying to determine, you yeah. know, and it's not just the games itself. So there's other, you can bet on who's going to score first. Sure. It's crazy. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah, yeah. But to be be clear to, to our listeners, it's not investing. It's gambling. Yes. It should be seen as amusement. 
and it should be part of your amusement or entertainment budget, not part of you know what you're doing. Now you can. You're you can, not going to build your family's wealth by probably, gambling probably, unless you're a professional. Probably squander it. You know, probably squander it. But you know, I think that um, everybody's looking for the you know the short term return. And they, they tell the story about Hillary Clinton, and I don't want to throw shade on Hillary Clinton, but. Um, you know, they were they were all interested in a while in a while back. Well, this was way before they got into political life or in the early years. And she got some kind of I don't know. If she got a tip, but somehow she made an investment that returned her one hundred thousand dollars in a day. And so everyone assumed that it was, uh, you know, insider insider information. I don't know. But what do you think? Hundred thousand dollars in a day. You know, everyone's looking for the shorty return. What's the latest hot tip? What's the, what do you hear? What do you know? You know, put it in an index fund. Put it in something that's going to return you a boring seven or eight. And it's going to be there for like a really long time. <clears throat> Another thing I liked about these guys, and maybe this is takeaway point number eight. Um, a young boy got up and asked a question. He said, thank you for, you know, all your advice. Da, 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 da. Um, but I have a question for you. He says, I'm 13 years old and this is my, this is my fifth shareholder meeting. And I'm going, wow, that's really, uh, that's really drinking the Kool-Aid way more than me. And he said, I was talking with my parents about, you know, the delayed gratification and, uh, um, you know, uh, what, what, what advice could you give to parents, uh, to teach their kids about delayed gratification? I'm going, okay. So, so his parents wrote this question and set this cute little kid up uh -huh. to ask this question, right? And then you got to love the two guys. Charlie behind his glasses chomping, you know, 95 years old, chomping on the peanut brittle and Warren up there drinking a Coke. They're going, well, not too much, you know. You got to enjoy life. <laughs> and I go, I love these guys. I love these guys because they're just so honest. And, you know, I, Warren said, look, maybe instead of two weeks at Disney World, maybe you go for two, three, four days, you know, maybe you keep things in perspective, but, uh, they weren't talking about huge delayed gratification. I think a lot of people were there to, to, you know, to get messages like that, but here are these two guys. Of course, it's easy for them to say, don't delay your gratification. Cause if, if they had been delaying all of their successes, <laughs> they wouldn't have much time to <laughs> left to enjoy. But, uh, I, I loved it. It wasn't deprive yourself. It was more balance. And I love that balance message. So anyway, that was the shareholders meeting. We didn't stick around to vote because we didn't have voting A shares, Brian. We had the, the more modest uh, non-voting shares. So, so we left after a period of time. But interesting to watch. Free entertainment. Incredible. So then... Next door is the convention center, and there's like a booth for all these businesses. And Warren had told us that the day before, 26,000 people had gone through that place in five hours. Well, we were there, and it was like elbow-to-elbow -elbow combat. It was like a going-out-of-business sale. It was crazy. Later on in the day, we went back to walk around, and, and the, the, the aisles were like 20, 30 feet across. And we didn't realize the aisles were so wide because there were so many people. It was like a capitalism hog trough. It was like incredible. There were lines 10 across and 10 deep for people buying candy at a buck discount a box, C's candy, and Brooks running shoes. Brooks showed up with one model with all the sizes and people were pushing and shoving. My wife was gonna buy a t-shirt. She couldn't even find the end of the line. It was so crazy. So she put the shirt back and left. Um, and the deals, interestingly enough, there were a couple good deals, but not that good. I mean, a little off on some C's candy, uh, 
we bought some work gloves at 50% off or you could get a, a, a Dairy Queen Dilly Bar for a buck. Dave, these guys took their shareholders meeting and turned it into a profit making event. They did. Well, for their companies. Absolutely. Plus the entire thing is probably a write off. Yeah. I love these guys. <laughs> I love these guys. You know, it was crazy. So anyway, point number nine, I think, is people will do almost anything for a good deal. I mean, it was it was odd there because people they were there to talk about long term gain and value investing, and then they walked next door to the consumer fest. You know, it was it was crazy. It kind of reminded me like, uh, you know, I I, I went to uh, get a coffee one day, and um, I just love free stuff like everybody else. That's what made Vegas great, and. I said, I'll have a, you know, non-fat latte grande. And I'm going to use, I think I got some points for a freebie. Um, and the, and the, the barista says, well, you got, you got the points. You can get whatever you want. And I said, well, okay. She says, how would you like a, a vente instead of a grande? And so that's, that's, that's a lot of coffee. I don't know if I've ever drank in a vente. Okay, I'll take a vente. It's free. She said, and you know, you can get like whole milk in there rather than latte. It, you know, tastes better when you got a big thing. And I go, okay, put whole milk in there. It's free. And then she says, you know, you can get any of the shots that you want. We have this new caramel, caramel cinnamon bun shot. And I said, okay, okay, put a shot. She says, you could get two or three shots. I'm like, okay, it's free. And then she goes, and you know, to stand up to that sugar, you really need more caffeine. So why don't you get like a triple shot? So here I go in to get my like little drink that I get maybe once a week. And I walk out with this bubbling cauldron of sugar and caffeine <laughs> and, and fat. And fat. <laughs> but you know what? By the end of the conversation, she had me going, not okay. Okay went actually to yeah, which went to hell yeah, which, you know, went to. Yes, I would like more free things. Yeah, I want free stuff. And it's an interesting point. It was kind of my takeaway. People love free stuff. And Warren and Charlie know that. And they wanted to satisfy them. They even had a, a, a cocktail hour that one of their jewelry stores put on. They brought in a band and a tent and, and drinks. But to get to the drinks, you had to walk through the jewelry store. And the line was so deep. People were like flipping out their card. They had representatives from jewelry, you know, jewelry suppliers all over the world, already smiling, ready to take your money. And don't you want a memorable piece of jewelry to remind yourself about your trip to uh, the Berkshire Hathaway event in, in Omaha, Nebraska, in Omaha, Nebraska. And people were lining up. I could not believe it. Buying stuff like you wouldn't believe. Now they, they'd put it in their pocket right away. So no one would try and pinch it from it, <laughs> but it was, it was crazy. So, wow. In conclusion, what did, you know, what are the takeaways? Um, I mean, it was interesting to be among a group of people and talking about, uh, investing, you know, in the long term. Um, I don't know that I'd go often, but it certainly was something to see. And I tell you what, I, I might go back. I might go back to listen to, to Warren and, and Charlie talk. It was so uh, engaging. Um, it reinforced some core beliefs that I know to be true, uh, you know, in terms of long term investing, value investing, gave me a few other new things to think about. Um, on balance, I'd, I'd recommend it. I mean, there's no cost to get in. You just, you buy some stock. Stock's going to keep its value probably. And you get the free badge. You got to mail in ahead of time. You know, the hotels in Omaha, Nebraska aren't that expensive. The flights are a little more expensive, but uh, it's not too expensive. The booths were crazy, but it was interesting to see people pitching their product and just fascinating to see how this group of people met with their leaders. And Dude, and we should totally go next year. 
I know, right? Do a, do a live do one. Do a live remote, right? <laughs> I got to tell you, walking around the, the convention part, um, you know, they had uh, Yahoo Finance. And I guess reporters that people knew and the crowd would form and the light would go on and they would do the talk, 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 talk. And then people would have their picture taken with the reporter. And I didn't know these people, but it was fascinating that they knew these people. And then there was a um, uh, uh, basically a broadcast center inside the convention area and you had to step up there and they had the lights would come on. They were doing the, the show live and people would come up and they'd interview people. Now, they wouldn't interview uh, Bill Gates and Tim Cook there. Those were done in like a, a private hotel room somewhere. But, you know, they had like a huge telecast thing. And then, and then the number one thing on Omaha News was what Warren said today. I mean, he is like... <laughs> I would think that would be the number one thing there every day. Yeah, it's just amazing. The town kind of, uh, it, it, in times, revolves around what Warren has to say. So, so interesting. So anyway, that's my trip to Omaha, Nebraska. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. This is Dave Hagen, and you've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast. You've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to financial success. If you have a question that you would like Dave to answer on the podcast, go to thefinancialwellnesspodcast.com. You can leave an audio message with one click of a button or type your message into the question box. Either way, it's sent right to Dave's phone. Remember, Dave will randomly draw from the submitted questions and pick the winner of a free one-hour personal conversation with Dave to help you achieve your financial goals. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you receive the new episode notifications or share the podcast via the app with your family and friends. This is your announcer, Nick Appel, wishing you every financial success.